0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to the Poker Face Recap Podcast, where every week I dive into the world of the hit Peacock TV series, Poker Face. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm excited to break down each episode in this character-driven murder mystery series. No Bullshit. So sit back, relax, crack open a tall can of your favorite beer, and let's dive into the world of Charlie Kale as she solves murders across the United States in this episode, episode six, season one of Poker Face, Exit Stage Death. This episode aired February 9th. 2023, directed by Ben Sinclair, written by Ryan Johnson, Chris Downey, Wyatt Kane, guest stars Ellen Barkin, Tim Meadows, Audrey Corsa, and Jamila Jamil. This episode, uh, she's in New York, upstate New York, I don't know, it's Seneca Lake, uh, kind of, uh, you know, in that area, East New York, I don't know what they, I don't know what New Yorkers, how they define different regions of that state but that is where so she has traveled east she has continued east not that it necessarily matters because obviously cliff has been on her trail kind of in the past at least in the couple of episodes ago either way she's in new york charlie is a waitress at a dinner theater in seneca lake new york right where these washed up actors from a popular old TV show called Spooky and the Cop try to do one last big show uh, at a one night only dinner theater event right it has an interesting twist to the target of the murder uh which I I did appreciate that aspect of it uh, also is my least favorite episode however it is uh There are some annoying moments in this episode, despite how interesting and new the revelation is as far as the target of the murder. I do appreciate that setup of it, but there are moments in this episode that were just so annoying to watch, which I'll get into that while I recap, when my recap of the episode, but... uh many frustrating moments right I think the ideas of this episode very interesting right but the uh there's also one of the frustrating uh, parts of this is that there is very big over the top acting that takes place in this which I guess kind of makes sense because like in this reality of the show You have people who are washed-up TV actors who are acting. So I imagine there's a level of difficulty for actors portraying actors in a show or movie. So I can imagine that is one of the reasons why it is so over-the-top, so big, these performances. But kind of painful for me to watch. Um, And also when Charlie starts to uncover the truth uh the way it's handled is kind of frustrating so let's get into the details of this episode you have Kathleen Townsend going to visit her former spooky in the cop co-host co-star uh Michael so that is Tim Meadows and Ellen Barkin are the two stars of that show uh going to visit his mansion uh which is paid for by his much younger wife who started a company an online brokerage company for women called she trade which i thought that was kind of funny um and she's going there to try and get him to do a play a one night only play a regional theater uh titled ghosts of pensacola right and from their past they had a falling out in doing the show that was widely popular Inside this mansion, there's, like, a shrine to uh, Michael's character and that show. So it's, like, the only big thing these two actors have done. They are older. He's used to be doing commercials, and now that his wife is super wealthy, he doesn't need to do those things anymore. But this was, like, the big highlight in both of their careers, doing this dated TV show, Right and public falling out between the two of them right so they have a history as far as what happened after the show and she's desperate she needs money that's why she's going to beg michael to reunite the team i would imagine there are stories you can tell about bands trying to get together you know one hit wonders bringing the band back together to try i mean you could almost say that uh, the episode with the musicians, a few uh, rest in metal, uh, was kind of similar in some ways. Definitely diff- very different, but the same idea. These one-hit wonder type of people trying to get out there again, to this like last hurrah to get their names recognized again to get that spotlight back on them. And, of course, Michael turns it down. Kathleen storms off telling both him and his wife to fuck off fuck you right you have michael uh, who has a heart disorder high blood pressure he takes pills so that's set up in the beginning of this episode and his wife is talking him into actually doing the play right so his wife actually wants him to get back into it why don't you go back with this see if you the magic is there right she's convincing him cut to him not happy about uh, like uh, him at this dinner theater place they're doing rehearsals so he his wife convinced him and he's not happy that Kathleen is also directing right he's not happy about doing the play at all with her but even less happy the fact that she's the one in charge right and there's a third actor this actress who's there she mentioned that she has a peanut allergy very picky about the food when little uh employees going around getting their lunch orders so you find out that she has a peanut allergy and then she's berated by Kathleen for having her script like you need to show up re- knowing your lines like none of this millennial stuff where you have your lines sitting there none of this tiktok generation whatever right which Kathleen really talks down to she's kind of horrible to everybody this prima donna kind of a character Who really, if you've only had a a smidgen of, I mean not a smidgen, if you at one time were this popular thing, you can't just be, I'm sure there's people out there like this. Not surprising at all, but that's the type of character she is, right? Just talking down, yelling at everybody. She's She's like the golden god of acting and everybody should bow down to her. And the world and the universe should at all times be revolving around here. And uh, she has an argument with the stage manager, Phil, who she calls Bill. You know, another one of those traits, not even bothering to refer to the person by their name. She's like, I'm just going to use this name because I want to. And they're having an argument, she wants to use a trapdoor, feels like, well, there's that's not very safe. you know. Back in your day, which, of course, she takes huge offense to, uh, you, know, you may have been able to do it back in your day, but there's a lot of safety issues, we can't do that anymore. But she is obviously forcing the issue, making that uh, a necessity for her show. And... Uh, And he's, she calls him Bill, even though he corrects her. So she really just she has no care or concern about anybody but herself, really. And what she wants. It's all about her, what she wants. Cut to dress rehearsal. You have Kathleen wanting everything on stage to shake. Like there's jets that are supposed to fly by during the plane. And to recreate that on stage, she wants everything to shake on stage. Which I don't know how you would make that happen on a stage uh to make everything shake as if like these little mini earthquakes are happening um she's also talking shit about michael not hitting his mark and the mark they have on the floor is this giant x and written on it is right here stupid right she just talks down and belittles everybody and uh no different and that is where mike's michael's supposed to be delivering his monologue in the play so that's like very key for her you need to be on your mark hit your mark stupid Right. And then as Kathleen is delivering her lines, right, there's this loud noise coming from the kitchen. It is a dinner theater. It is a rehearsal. So somebody dumped a bucket of ice, interrupting her, which, of course, is not something that she would stand for. And then Michael gets up to talk shit and accidentally falls through the trapdoor, right? So she like goes off stage. Michael gets up to talk shit about Kathleen and accidentally falls through this trapdoor, landing on the mats that have been placed there, right, for safety reasons. Obviously, it's far down in that basement with a cement floor. Um, so you know Phil's happy that the mats work. It's like yes, the mats work, right? Obviously, an accident. Michael comes back claiming that he injured himself, right, and threatens to quit the show, which Kathleen fires back at him that if he quits, then it's gonna he's going to be on the hook for the money that's lost, like a quarter million dollars or whatever. Forget the, the number amount, she says. But, you know, he's trying to get out of it. She's like, yeah, you try and get out of it. I'll sue you. It's just, like, very healthy working conditions. Uh, the crew, very surprised by their on stage argument right you see everybody else is kind of like oh shit right very noticeable they're constantly arguing going back and forth bringing up trash they have on each other right threatening to to like uh, expose each other and then both exit the stage in opposite directions What's well, kind of performative But, you know, actors can often be performative when they're doing things. A la the Will Smith slap to Chris Rock. A very performative slap. I don't say it was fake, but he's an actor. And he was acting like somebody who was defending his wife's honor. Cut to opening night. Kathleen thanks Ava for convincing Michael, which is Michael's wife, Ava, uh, Kathleen thanks her for convincing Michael to do the play and that's where we find out that Ava, Ava told Michael to do it because he, she knew that Michael and Kathleen wouldn't get along and she wants to permanently extinguish any hope that he has of getting back into acting like she doesn't want him following this acting thing anymore I'm sure probably she's embarrassed about that aspect of him and she makes enough money. She she wants to be in control, and she doesn't want him to. So she is perfectly fine. It's like I know this is going to be horrible. I know he's going to hate it. So that's why she convinced him. Then you have the crowd, all old fans of the show, right? Old people, many of them wearing like listening devices, right? These these wireless headphone things that are the, where the mics that they wear are listening to it, even though it's a small showroom. This is not a large audience of people. And of course they are acting, overacting. So their voices are projecting, but that's just kind of highlighting how old their crowd is, right? How long ago they had any kind of popularity. And after one scene, they again exit separate stages, right? Both talking shit about the other. So this is like the show. This is the actual performance, right? So they finish their scene. They exit opposite sides of the stage, as they did after their argument during rehearsal. And you hear both of them separately talking shit about each other as they're doing things. You have Kathleen climbing up a ladder to go up to the catwalk above the theater. You have Michael going to a cooler and grabbing dry ice out of the cooler right which is used to create this like fog this mist that's used for the production and in grabbing the dry ice burns his hand uh you see phil passed out sleeping he's in the basement where the mats are to catch kathleen when she falls through the trap door he is completely passed out fell asleep could care less And uh, you see both of them sabotaging the set, right? She's messing with the lighting, and he's replacing the the pin that's holding the trap door shut, replacing it with a piece of dry ice that is the perfect, perfectly sized, you know, cylinder shape that would be needed to replace a metal pin in a in a which you know all the times I've seen dry ice I have never seen a perfectly cylindrical piece of dry ice but it's a TV show not the most annoying part of this episode but you see both of them sabotaging things and you also see him removing the mats from under the trap door right both get back to their positions just in time the other actress during this time was giving a monologue right so they had time to go do their their separate things to sabotage right they're both getting at each other and you see ava getting drunk in the audience right she could care less she's she's there for show as well getting drunk and you see michael looks down he can see the mist kind of seeping through the crack in the trap door, right? And you see, and that's, he sees this mist coming up while Kathleen is giving her lines. Then while Michael is giving his lines, we see Kathleen staring at the X on the floor. That's not only his mark, but also what is directly below the lighting fixture that she rigged. So, of course, the Jets go over, which requires somehow everything to shake, apparently including the lighting in the catwalk. So, of course, this causes the light that has been rigged to fall down, just barely hits Michael because, of course, he doesn't hit his mark. It is uh, She was right about him not hitting his mark. This light hits the, the, the X, just misses him. But Michael, having the heart issue, clutches his chest, falls to the ground. Ava sees this. So she, in a rush, grabbing the pills out of her purse, runs up on stage, right, to give him his heart medication. And as she rushes on stage, she falls through the rigged trapdoor, bashing her face on the edge of the trapdoor, and then falling to her death on the concrete below. No mats to save her very brutal (laughs) very brutal kind of one of the my favorite parts of the episode pretty brutal so cut to everybody left obviously police just finished their investigation uh theaters completely cleared out the cop investigating tells michael that spooky and the cop inspired him to get into law enforcement right and as the cop leaves, Kathleen joins Michael in the dressing room, and we see that this was all a plan for them. This was That was the intention for this plan. They weren't sabotaging to get each other. They were sabotaging to make it look like an accident so that they could be together. Right? Very interesting twist in this episode right I love that and Kathleen tells Michael it was a performance of the lifetime and he's like we did it darling and then they kiss right so a fun twist to what's going on I loved it aside from the dry ice being the perfect shape to be a pin for this trapdoor no problems yet from me no problems yet very interesting way to set this episode up Cut to our hero, as we do, right? We see the murder, first part. Now we see our hero, Charlie Kale, as she's being fired from a waitressing job. And in the alley behind this restaurant, apparently, that she's working. And in that same alley is Phil, who is on a cigar break, right? A smoking break. And she goes up and asks, hey, you got any, happen to have any jobs that specifically fit my needs? Right? Under the table, Not going to ask a lot of questions, right? And, uh, of course, he does, right? He's like, there's seasonal, cash only. Obviously, it's going to work. Exactly what Charlie needs. So, that... Charlie is working at this dinner theater, obviously, as I said at the very beginning. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I wanna talk about, are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than inspiredisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from The Many Faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of the Ray Taylor show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to inspiredisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift thank you for considering inspiredisorder.com for all of your gift needs and now back to the show cut to at uh, the dinner theater as she starts working before this performance before this play of our our other main characters of this episode uh other things that are showing at this dinner theater which is a hip-hop rendition of benjamin franklin so You know, the poor man's version of Hamilton, I guess you could say, which is cringy, is painful, but also illustrating the type of theater that is being put on, the type of plays that are being put on at this dinner theater in this uh, lakeside town. So in order to escape the painfully horrific plays that are going on, Charlie puts in her AirPods and is listening to nature sounds, which is brilliant. Uh, Like, man, uh, there's so many horrible jobs I've had, which that would have been perfect. Like, obviously, music, podcasts are my go to's. But like in that situation, it would feel good to just listen to some serene nature sounds while you're working, especially at a job where it's like it's she doesn't care. Right. It's just a shitty waitress job at a dinner theater. Cut to three weeks later, they're rehearsing. This is the same time they're rehearsing for Ghost of Pensacola. Charlie is the one who dumped the ice that made the loud noise that uh, interrupted Kathleen's monologue, right? She Kathleen storms into the kitchen, rips Charlie's ear pods out, throws them into a big pot of soup or whatever, and uh, obviously yelling at her. And Charlie doesn't have the same respect for this woman uh, or the stage at this dinner theater that Kathleen does. Obviously, Kathleen thinks she's a god and this is her temple. And Charlie's like, this is a shitty dinner theater and I'm just a waitress making shit money. And uh, they're coming at it complete, completely two separate uh, directions. So Charlie fires back at her when Kathleen yells at her. Fires back. And uh, telling her what she did hear through the rainforest sounds that she was listening to was just bullshit. And she then prepares to, which obviously Charlie, known for calling out bullshit, if you're not a good actor, she probably can. There's probably a lot of nuance to the types of bullshit that Kathleen or that uh, Charlie hears. And bad acting is probably its own, like, she could probably distinguish an actor who is bad versus good in a way that most people can't because of her special ability to hear bullshit. And so she's preparing, like, oh, I just talk shit to this person that is valued in this business. And she's like, I'm probably going to get fired. So she kind of prepares to get fired. Everyone in the kitchen is, like, in awe of what they just saw. And uh, especially when Kathleen says to Charlie that no one speaks to her like that and no one has spoken to her like that in 30 years and she respects it, right? She respects somebody to stand up to her, which there are definitely times when, when somebody has that kind of an attitude or that type of personality. Sometimes the only people they respect are the ones that throw it back in their face. Which is not a, is a very toxic kind of dynamic to have. So cut to Charlie on a smoke break in the alley. Phil comes out uh, congratulating her on surviving Kathleen Townsend, right? And she asks Phil how he survives doing this job. And he says that, you know, there's, he sees magic on the stage, right? And that's what keeps him going, right? I, I know it's shitty, but you really do see magic on the stage and then also he opens up his thermos and hands it to Charlie he's like also Jack Daniels in my thermos helps a lot too which like yeah it's uh it's it's a job that there's not a whole lot of it's not a high stakes job you know you're not you're not on Broadway you're off 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 Broadway so now cut to opening night. You have Ava tipping Charlie 100 bucks to keep the drinks rolling. Obviously, we saw Ava getting drunk, and this is why. Intentional, hooking Charlie up. Charlie more than happy, understands why anybody would want to not have to be fully here to participate in the, the viewing of this sadness that's going on. In the kitchen, you have the staff, including Charlie. Are listening to Michael and Kathleen. There's like a little PA speaker so they can hear what's going on in stage inside the kitchen. They hear when, in that moment during the play, when sh- uh, Kathleen and Michael, when the other lady's giving her monologue, and Kathleen and Michael go separate ends of the stage to do their sabotaging, talking shit while they're doing sabotaging. They're hearing that through the speaker because their mics are still hot which means that they have a bad sound guy (laughs) whoever's right it wouldn't be on the actors to turn their mics off to make sure that their audio doesn't go through the pa or the which is also linked to the hearing aid people the assisted hearing so that is a sound guys thing which whatever the reality of this the actors control their mics regardless in the, in the kitchen, they are hearing them talk shit about each other while they're doing their sabotage, right? Cut to them realizing also that all the old people with the assisted hearing devices are also listening to them talk shit. One of the other waiters is a huge fan of Kathleen, right? Puts her on a massive pedestal and points out that her points out her performance to Charlie. It's like, oh, it's so amazing, isn't it, Charlie? Meanwhile, Charlie is kind of meanwhile, uh, Kathleen, I should say, is anticipating. It's that moment where Kathleen, where Michael's giving his uh lines and Kathleen is on stage looking up at the lighting fixture that she just rigged to fall down, right? And sh- and the emotions that she is feeling in this moment of anticipation that is the performance that this other waiter is referring to when he's saying how amazing Kathleen as is at performing, right? And Charlie also seeing Kathleen in that moment is like astounded because it's the first time she actually believes she's giving an honest performance. She's like, "Oh, this is like this is not bullshit." He's right. This is real. This is the magic that Phil was talking about. She is in the moment. She is able to honestly deliver these emotions. But meanwhile, we know it's because she is waiting for the light light fixture to drop. And Charlie sees the light fall and yells out, watch out, right? when the light crashes down Phil wakes up right obviously we saw that he was sleeping when Michael went down which is kind of convenient that he was asleep when Michael like not only did they plan on the sound guy leaving their mics hot while they were off stage but somehow Michael knew that Michael and Kathleen knew that Phil would be sleeping in order for him to get down there and remove the pin like the the things that I have to like overlook the the logic of this episode just starts piling up at this moment, right? So Phil wakes up, obviously sees that the mats are gone. He sees that the pin is missing also. And just then that's when Ava falls through the trapdoor to her death, right. So Phil sees this happen. Uh, very traumatic to be to wake up see that all of the safety measures that you've put in place are gone, and that and like also if he's sleeping and there's supposed to be a pin in that trapdoor and obviously that pin is supposed to be removed at a specific time, you would think he would need to be awake to do that and if he's sleeping it's kind of hard to know when the time is for him to pull that pin so the actual use of the trapdoor so there's I have issues these. Are, These are where the issues I have with this episode is just logic, just the the reality of these situations. Of course, Phil blames himself. Right. He was drunk at the job, blames himself. Right. Um, And he's thankful that the cops didn't smell his thermos. Right. Obviously, otherwise he would be in prison. Right. Charlie tells him it wasn't his fault. Right. The light the lighting fell like she's explaining how all of these events had to happen for things to turn out that way right if the light fixture didn't fall if michael didn't have a heart attack if ava wasn't drunk because charlie kept feeling her glass like all of these things added up to this bad situation right which that's another thing that michael couldn't have planned for that his wife would be drunk and i don't know how much that would necessarily contribute to her falling through the trap door and dying but charlie brings that up and he knew he checked the bolt and he knew he checked the pads obviously how could he not notice that the gigantic pads weren't in place there's not a whole lot in that basement he had one job in that basement i've been pretty wasted Unless I was completely blacked out, in which case that changes things for Phil. But, you know, cut to the dressing room where Michael is sad about Phil, bummed out that he's obviously fired, loses job over this plan. Right. He's a collateral damage for this plan for Michael and Kathleen to kill his wife. Kathleen is more focused on them trending on Twitter. She's like, we are back, baby. The spotlight is back on them. She wants to do one more performance, encore performance, right? We've got all this heat. We need to use that. we got to strike while the iron is hot, right? Which wasn't their plan. The plan was supposed to lay low, go out of the country, right? And then when they come back, they'll have the story of how they connected and fell in love with each other while – Recuperating from this tragedy. But she convinces him to stay and spend some of that she-trade money, right, that he is clearly, apparently going to be getting, right? So the encore performance, Charlie pointing out how the staff witnessed a woman die, and instead of any kind of grief counseling, they're just back at work, which is more of a... That is like so common that is just such a comment on capitalism in america in general that even if tragedy happens it's more important to get the machine back up and running because human life is not the focus it profit over people at any cost right and then you have that fanboy who works there Right, saying all oh, theater people are so strong. Right, that that mentality of like people taking pride in being mistreated. Right, it's it's a badge of honor to be working multiple jobs, to be working despite seeing a death right in front of your face. And you have the cop who was a fan, became a cop because a fan of that show. He wants a seat. Despite it being a sold out show. So they're kind of stressing. How are we going to fit this guy in? Cut to the dressing room where the access. uh, Or the actress, I should say, with the peanut allergy. Confronts both Michael and Kathleen. Right. Because she found the script that Michael was looking at. That she kind of thought was his lines. Despite the fact that he came in, knew all of his lines. So it didn't make sense that he would be reviewing his lines earlier in the episode. She found that script in his coat pocket and noticed that it's not the script for the play. It's literally the script that they were saying while they were both talking shit offstage while sabotaging so everybody could hear on purpose. That is their alibi. Part of their alibi. Right. So she found and not only is that was that moment scripted, it was a script that was literally from one of their old episode shows, which. I guess it's lucky that that cop wasn't in the audience for the first performance, because as a super fan, he may have noticed that that was a script from an episode of their show verbatim, which is like a level of laziness. (laughs) Like if you're going to be formulating a plan to murder somebody maybe don't plagiarize yourself <laughs> let's maybe not draw a, a direct line between this thing that's supposed to be natural and in the moment with a an a moment from your old tv show so of course she knows that they killed ava on purpose uh kathleen tries to tell her that she's just watched too many date too much dateline right she says um, but then that's when she says that's exactly what happened and the episode, well, I guess that's where the title I was like, and the episode is named exit stage death, which is the title of this episode. Uh, but I guess was the title of that episode of spooky and the cop, uh, in that, that world. Um, the exact dialogue. So this actress tells her, tells them, she writes down, tears off a piece of the script. She's like, here is my price. And here is my banking information, which ends up being $5 million is what she wants. And she's like, I want this by the end of the night, or I'm going to the police with my evidence, right? Right? She's blackmailing him. And Michael wants to pay. Kathleen is like, no, let's, let's do this instead. She eyeballs the peanut-flavored dog treats, obviously, right? She's like, well, we'll take care of her, right? Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash Inspired Disorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from The Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinion on news and entertainment, and much more. There's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories. And if that wasn't enough, we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics. So why wait? Head on over to youtube.com slash disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer. And now, back to the show. So, one of the stagehands... Is all stressed out because Pete or because Phil, even I call him the wrong name. Phil uh, is not there and he's having to be super stressed out. And Phil has a pre-show checklist, which Charlie sees and noticed that Phil, for the last performance, had on his checklist to check for the mats and the pin. They were both checked off. So it doesn't make sense. She's like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. He He did check it off. And then she realizes that Kathleen was the intended target, right? It's like, oh, this is this is not good. So then Charlie tells Kathleen Phil was framed, right? She goes to Kathleen as Charlie does, like she gets a little piece of the puzzle, and then she goes to somebody that is responsible, right? And she or some, you know, somebody involved in every episode in the rest in rest in metal. She goes to the lead singer, not knowing the lead singer was part of the plan. In the stall, she goes to the wife of the man who died, not knowing she was involved. And in this episode, she goes to Kathleen, not knowing she was involved, thinking Kathleen was the intended target. And Kathleen tells her that she walked over that trapdoor many times, right? She's very particular about her blocking, and it didn't. It didn't uh, open, so the pin was there and had to be removed, right? Obviously, we know that it was dry ice and melted. But Charlie doesn't understand why Kathleen is more con- is isn't more concerned. She's like, why? Like, you were the target. Why aren't you like you should have fallen through that trap door and died, right? Because that's what Charlie. She's like, well, the. Matt and the pin were m- removed, so somebody w- wanted you to fall through. Not Ava. Wanted you. And Kathleen turns on her mic in order to quiet Charlie, and like points to it. And it's like, I'm, I'm hot, so you can't talk now. And she leaves the dressing room. It is showtime now. Charlie gets on the phone with Phil and tells him she's hot on the case, right? Uh, Charlie watches the video. like just so happens that there is a laptop be at backstage with the footage from the tragedy queued up ready for Charlie to watch so Charlie watches the video from the past performance right very convenient to have that video and she sees in the video the mist coming from the crack of the trap door it's like wait a minute what is that right and they're like oh that's looks like dry ice right So then she goes over to the cooler where the dry ice is, and she grabs a stick of another perfectly cylindrical piece of dry ice, and it burns her hand, right? She then tries to talk to Kathleen, who's literally on stage, right? So here is parts. This is, like, where I am the most annoyed at this episode. So she's trying to talk to Kathleen. Their performance is going. Kathleen is acting on stage. Charlie is off stage trying to get her attention, trying to talk to her. I am not liking this. I was like, this is horrible. This is like, it, it's just so painful that this is happening, right? Like, just because the amount, uh, just I, there's so many reasons why <laughs> this is so annoying, this, this aspect of the show. But she's trying to c- talk to Kathleen while she's on stage performing, right? And she's stopped just before crossing the sight line. Right, She's about to go on stage to talk to Kathleen during this performance, oblivious to the fact that they're doing a play. Obviously, Charlie, more interested in solving a murder, but is stopped by one of the stagehands. Like, you got to stay behind. This is a sight line, otherwise you'll be on stage. People will see you on stage. Right. So she decides to crawl behind the stage backdrop and interrupts Kathleen as she's saying her lines in order to explain how the dry ice was used to replace the pin. That's why it kept, and it's like, this is so annoying for me to watch. Her trying to communicate with Kathleen while this performance is supposedly going on. During a lot, li- like, you would think stagehands would be like removing Charlie, taking her off stage. Like, the fact that Charlie is able to do this is infuriating to me, <laughs> which I I don't, it's, I don't know. It makes, I guess it makes sense for this. I don't know. It's just so frustrating and painful for me to watch, right? Then Charlie is blowing on the dry ice burn, right? Kathleen walks away. She's like communicating through a window in the backdrop. And at that moment, Michael approaches the window and he has a cigarette in his hand and Charlie just takes the cigarette out of his hand to take a drag of it while they're performing and he's like giving his lines and they're trying to riff you know trying to stall so he can get a cigarette back because you know and in that moment charlie sees that uh he has the same dry ice burns on his hand that she has right And then as Kathleen goes to pull something out of the prop refrigerator, the back of the refrigerator is open for some reason. And Charlie is inside the refrigerator again talking to Kathleen, now telling her, it's like, Michael was the one. He's the one that was trying to kill you. I saw the burns. Like, the worst time for this conversation to be taking place, right? I guess she's probably also worried that Michael's going to, somebody's going to do this again. So it makes sense that she would want to. It's just so cringy, and painful for me to watch. So they have, literally you're having an argument inside this prop refrigerator while the play is going on. And in that moment, right, while doing this play, Kathleen mentions to Charlie, covering her mic up so the everybody can't hear, that the light was also rigged. And asked if he tried to kill himself, right? Charlie didn't even think about the light, that it was rigged. But as people do, same with rest in metal. These people in, they bring up things that Charlie didn't even think about. So she hadn't put it together yet. So, of course, Charlie looks into the rafters where the light fixture was. And she sees this little feather conveniently blowing in the breeze on the in the catwalk a piece of kathleen's costuming stuck to one of the cables so charlie goes up on the catwalk to get a better look and she sees the feather and then looks down past the feather and sees that that kathleen's slippers have the same colored feather right perfect convenient oh shit puts it together that Kathleen rigged the light. And she goes to reach for the feather and it falls off. And in that moment, Kathleen says the line uh, that she loves Michael's character in the play. And Charlie notices that when she says that, it's true. She's not acting. So she realizes, like, oh, this is, that's when she finally puts it together that Kathleen does love Michael. And that this was, they both rigged. They both were responsible. And she realized, oh, Ava was the real target. So it's all coming together for Charlie. Just then the feather falls between the two actors on stage. And now they stop. Charlie trying to communicate with both of them through the window didn't stop the play. Didn't even interrupt them. They were able to roll with it. Kathleen having an argument with Charlie in the refrigerator while the play is going on wasn't enough to break, to stop the play in any way. They both look up, right? Feather falls. They both notice that they stop. They both look up and see Charlie in the catwalk, right, where that light was rigged. Charlie goes back down to the stage and tells the other actress who also knows, but Charlie doesn't know. So again, Charlie going to tell somebody that already knows the truth, tells the other actress uh, with the peanut allergy that uh, they they were in on it together to kill Ava. The actress lies to Charlie. Charlie notices that she lies about seeing them both backstage. She's like, no, 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 I saw them both backstage. They couldn't have done it. And Charlie, not only having seen the evidence, but also being able to spot somebody telling saying bullshit knows that this actress is bullshit and in that moment she knows oh she knows too because obviously she wants that five million dollars from back mailing him so charlie calls out her lie and tries to ask if she's in love with them too like she's like why are you in on this too are you like a thruple what is going on because she obviously so that's kind of a funny moment Everything else has been very stressful and annoying. That's a funny moment where she's like trying to put together how this other actress is in on this too. Just then Charlie notices the script poking out of the jacket that that actress hung on the wall. Right, She sees it poking out of the pocket. That actress goes on stage to give her monologue. And she sees that that script is the argument that they had, that she heard in the kitchen of them arguing, right? So she sees that, oh, that was all a scripted argument. So Charlie goes to the dressing room where she saw Kathleen tuck a little piece of paper away when she went to go tell her, to warn her. She takes it, seizes the torn piece of the script that's missing, sees on the script $5 banking information, right? She also noticed the peanut treats that are there for the dog, right? To help quiet the dog down and remembers that the actress has an allergy to them, right? She rushes back to the stage where the prop food is about to go on stage um, that has the peanut flavored dog treats. Just been put on stage. So off stage, Charlie, again, trying to signal the actress like, hey, they're trying to kill you now. Because you know you're trying to blackmail them, trying to trying to do that. Uh, but it doesn't work. So Charlie, as this actress grabs a handful of this peanut dog treats to eat, which if it's the, they don't wouldn't eat stage food. whatever. Charlie rushes the stage, knocks the the peanut snack out of her hand, then tries to play it off. As she is the ghost of Pensacola and using words to indicate, tell this actress that they are trying to poison you, right? Now, the actress in character also kind of communicating to Michael and Kathleen that sh- her price is now doubled and wants that immediately, right? She's about to give her monologue, so they better go off stage and give her $10 million or else it's all over before this play is over, right? So they both exit as they do while this actress is beginning her monologue, right? They go into the dressing room. They rip off their mics because they don't want... This is not what they want to everybody to hear. And they start to figure out what they're going to do next. Meanwhile, we find out that Charlie actually hid a hot mic underneath a wig. She put little eyes on it. Um, and you see in the audience that cop, who's a super fan listening to the listening device. So hearing Kathleen and Michael confess and figure out how they're going to plan to murder this actress as well. Right. So basically giving the cop everything he needs. And, uh, They find, they discover this microphone, they realize they're done for, and they decide in this moment to use that motivation, that fear, as motivation to give their best performance ever, right? Until the police show up. And you see them go back on stage and give this amazing performance. You have cops in the audience tearing up as they wait for the play to end to arrest them, which doesn't make any sense, right? And you even see Charlie getting emotional, right, as they're giving these amazing performances because they know they're going to spend the rest of their lives in prison. And uh, you actually get to see the use of the trapdoor, which was a pretty good effect. And that is how it ends. So I do kind of appreciate the end of it, but the, the it's so painful seeing Charlie. Very frustrating episode, right? The way everything was discovered w- wasn't very satisfying. And right. Even the moment when they were busted wasn't It's like, oh, well, that's convenient. She put a mic there, right? Very little of it. I mean, there, it, some of it was due to her calling bullshit, which was interesting, I guess. Uh, but that, I, I would say this is my least favorite episode so far. I haven't watched any of the future episodes. Since I decided to do episode recaps, I've just been—I'd watched up to this episode, and then like I think I want to talk about this on a podcast, so I I stopped watching those. So from here on out, they will be first-time watches. Uh, But in watching this episode without knowing I was going to talk about it, was my least favorite. And in rewatching, I appreciate it more in the rewatch, really focusing on all the details of it. But overall, it was just painful. It was painful to watch. And similar to the last episode, ends without seeing Charlie driving away. So that is uh, the past few episodes. Seems like uh, that is something they've they've stopped doing at the end of the episode, which is fine. Uh, the death scene in this was definitely brutal, which I I did kind of like that. Uh, the twist also that they were trying to kill Ava all along. I did enjoy that as well. So there definitely were aspects of this that I didn't like. The overacting was painful and Charlie having conversations with them while they're on stage doing the, I don't know. It's painful for me to watch. Um, So the rest kind of week, kind of, uh, kind of tough next week, the next episode, episode seven, the future of the sport is the title. Uh, While working at a go-kart complex, charlie becomes involved in a bitter feud between an aging race car driver and a hothead young upstart whose rivalry is explosive and uh, has explosive consequences i have no idea what this i sounds fun go-kart track we'll see where she is maybe she's down south now right she's east so maybe she's going maybe like florida wouldn't be surprising uh and uh can't wait to watch it, can't wait to talk about it with you, but that is a wrap for this week's episode of Poker Face Recap Podcast. Tune in next Tuesday for another recap of the latest episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. Until then, keep your poker <laughs> Till then, keep your Poker Face on and see you next week. No bullshit. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Oh!